I know. Oh, it's our last time doing that. Yeah, we we'll will. we'll do more unison in our last episode. Okay, <laughs> even this episode yet, but yep, that's true. <laughs> Welcome to Matter of Fat, a body positive podcast with Midwest sensibilities. Hi, I'm Kat Palavoda, a local fat feminist and shop owner, and I am just like full, full, full of cider and apples and sunshine after a really lovely day outside orchard time with Soraya and my boo. Uh, and here we are today. I'm joined by my co-host and producer, Soraya Bogani. Hi, I'm Soraya. I'm a fat, multiracial, Minneapolitan millennial who is holding on to the vestiges of that perfect, warm fall day because the dark coldness will be upon us very soon. The, you said before this poetic language was inspired by our time at the orchard. <laughs> yeah, you can't not feel time and nature slipping by when you are at an orchard. It's, it is just so poetic. It's true. On Matter of Fat, we're here to talk about the cultural politics of fat liberation with a Midwest perspective. We're back with another interview episode, actually. It's kind of exciting. But this one is a little different because um, it is the penultimate episode. Ah. Yeah, it's second to last for season five. I know, weird. And then also second to last for all Matter of Fat episodes. Yeah. It's a special one. It really is. So let's get into it all as, as a Matter, matter of Fat. fat. So we mentioned this was a little bit of a different interview episode. Um, interviews are coming up, but in the theme of help from our community along the way, as Matter of Fat has been created and streamed to you for the last five seasons. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild to think about how many – because, you know, you hear Kat and I's voices all the time. Mm -hmm. But it is not just us who have made this project a reality or the, like, reach that it's gotten in its time. And so we wanted to take a little bit of time to just acknowledge and thank um, all the different contributors and community to this project. Yeah. And you heard me say interviews, um, <laughs> which was well, well, <laughs> five Z's. Yeah, yeah. No. Um, so I won't bury the lead. We'll give you a preview here. We are going to hear from our matter of fat assistants from throughout the years. So we have some shorter interviews with a few, some updates from others. Um, and we're really excited to be able to share a bit about the work that they contributed to our project and be able to hear from them. But first, I think we should start at the very beginning. Yeah, it's a very good place to start. Oh, perfect. <laughs> um, so as many of you know, Matter of Fat started with the help of KFAI Community Radio. And for the first two seasons, we recorded there, mm -hmm. IRL, in their studios, usually late at night. Um, <laughs> and that's how this all got started. And I think um, one of the biggest ways that they supported us in the development of Matter of Fat was through your education there, Soraya. Yeah. I mean, what was really special is that we had someone help us with the production side of things for the first few episodes, but they also had a free course called, they call it their board certification, like soundboard. So I actually got to go in and take classes. Shout out to Jerry Stearns and Ron Gerber. 
the real ones who helped me understand how to utilize their soundboard, how to utilize the Hindenburg software, and um, kind of learn how to put together a radio program. And from that, I was able to translate it to doing the audio engineering for us. And then that directly translated to me being able to figure it out when we were no longer in studio and we were virtual. So I'm really grateful for those two folks in particular. And then there were other people like um, Sarah. I can't remember her last name, but she was really Sarah. helpful for us too. So everybody was so welcoming and kind. Um, and I also got to volunteer. So part of using the studio space meant that we needed to volunteer um, at the radio station. And so that was fun, too, to just be there and get to meet some of the different personalities. Do you remember Spider? Oh, do I? Yeah. Do you want to say more about Spider? <laughs> Spider is just this, like, older DJ who was often in the studio after us. And we would always be there quite late. You know, it'd be like, eight or nine to like 10 or 11 and spider would somehow be like i don't know burning the midnight oils yeah. there after us a real character and like i remember we googled him and he was i don't know he's just been doing radio for so many years yeah yeah spider hamilton he was so great there's just so many fun personalities um mm -hmm. and I think, did you want to talk about how we got connected with KFAI in the first place? Oh, yeah, we'd love to. So um, years ago, the year was oh, no. 2000. <laughs> Not the year was. <laughs> it was the very beginning of 2018. The very beginning. Because we started Matter of Hat in 2018. Um, for, it was for International Women's Day 2018. Um, I was approached about doing a just a segment. Because KFAI... You know, they're a really cool community radio station. And one thing they do every year for International Women's Day is like for the 24-hour cycle, they have um, radio content featuring, produced by, written by women um, and probably also non-binary yeah. folks. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was approached to do something about body positivity or fat liberation. I forget exactly what how it was pitched. And I was like, oh, cool. That sounds great and so I like put a little thing together um like a little proposal but I had zero uh understanding or capabilities of how to make a podcast or how to make any kind of radio editing of any kind you know um and it was great because I was paired with um this person who I forget all of his roles at KFAI but Mason who has done just very many roles and is very like well versed with all things radio um and he helped, like we sat together, I did my recordings of the things, he edited it together for me. And I remember thinking like, oh, this is very fun. And wow, I sound kind of cool. <laughs> like, I sound kind of good on the radio. Or, you know, like I had worried that being on those big mics, I would I would hate how I sounded, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but I was really like, I just quite enjoyed it. And it felt really powerful to be like, oh, I am like literally reading the Fat Liberation Manifesto that is going to like be on the radio waves. Like, God, this is so cool, you know? <laughs> um, and at the time, KFAI was actually hoping to do more podcasting content. And I'm not actually sure what came of that long term. Mm -hmm. um, but um, they brought us on with the help of Mason at the very beginning. And like, you know, those first, like you alluded to, those first several episodes, he was very involved with the editing process. But Soraya, it was like really quick that you took over and learned how to be editing. And y'all, you have to know that Soraya has been editing this podcast for five years yeah 
Yeah, it's a big deal. <laughs> and it's been a fun learning experience with everything. I will say like 5% of the reason this podcast still goes on is probably because you like how you sound on a microphone. Wow. <laughs> is that too high, you think? <laughs> I'm being facetious. But like we do sound good or like that is yeah. an effort of everything we've done. It's like how is it auditory? Like what is the auditory experience? And if mm-hmm. it sounded bad, we would not do it. There's definitely been pieces no, I- that we've redone because because it sounded so poor. It sounds bad. Yeah. yeah. And you know, you and I through over the years have done a lot of like discussing and like visioning, you know, like what do we want our podcast to be this season? Like what are the words that are informing our like our vibe for this year? <laughs> you know, things like that. The imperfect was one of them from several seasons ago. But you know, I um you and I Sarah, have talked about this a lot like the things that we enjoy in podcasts. And one of the things I don't enjoy in podcasts is when the audio sounds terrible when it's just like people talking through a phone that's like Mm -hmm. shaky, you know, like that's really hard for me to listen to. And so I was really, um, I'm really, I've been so happy that we've been able to, uh, you know, it's not perfect, but our sound is a little more clear um, than some, you know, podcasts out there. And I really uh, appreciate that very much. I mean, we're no like the daily or like, you know, we're no no NPR. Right. Like, (laughs) yeah, we have zero budget or very little budget. And also like, this is neither of our full-time or even any kind of job. It's just a project, (laughs) you know? So, so that being said, like, I think we sound pretty darn good. And, and that really is due in large part to you and the work that you've been able to do to edit and like, make sure that, you know, our mics are what they need to be and the levels are where they need to be and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I love that we've put so much thought into this podcast in every every way, shape, or form, but it is influenced, right? Like we were given tools, we were given ideas, and then we ran with yeah. it. But it is yeah. thanks to that KFAI support at the beginning really for sure. Is. And then yeah. community support too. Yeah. Just like, I mean, it's hard to even quantify or yeah. like list every way. Um, but just like, you know, over the years – you know, we introduced like fat cash a couple of years ago. So many of you have sent us money, which is so kind. Oh, kind. Um, yeah, I guess. Yes. And there has been a little like help with finances in that way. Um, your reviews are so awesome. Your shares. But really, it's just like the listens are really cool. Like for us mm-hmm. to go back and see, you know, there we have, I, I would say pretty modest listens on most episodes, but there are some that have like over a couple thousand listens. And it's like, oh, Wow over 2,000 people listen to like the bests of season three. Wow. You know, it's just wild to think about. <laughs> I will say it's too, really Kat, cool. though, like modest in comparison with podcasts that do have a staff and do have like You're right. scope. You're right. So like if we look at actual data, this is the nerdy side of me coming out. It's like uh, we, we've done a good job and like mostly in part to you, listener, in like finding community, finding engagement with the topics that we're bringing up, but like it is a wide reaching community who has listened to Matter of Fat across the whole world, which blows across my the mind. World. Yeah. Yeah. Every, um, I think we used to be better about it, but like now every kind of year we'll like update our, like our little one pager about Matter of Fat. And it's just cool to, to know like the cities that are most played and like the places, um, 
and listen. I don't know. It's just very cool. And you're right, Saraya. Thanks for like bringing me back down to life for <laughs> like, this kind of like unpaid project level of a podcast. I think our listens are pro- actually probably at a really cool place. Yeah. Um, and it's just, I mean, there are with every episode, there are hundreds of you who listen, which is just a little mind boggling, you know? Uh huh. Yeah. But we appreciate you and. Uh, I guess like other community aspects too, or it's just like the actual, because, okay, I'm going to go from the scope of the whole world, right? Like we literally have people all over the world listening to our little Midwestern (laughs) podcast, but it's also been so rewarding to have in-person events when it was safe to do so. Like we got to actually have uh, end of season events for the first two seasons uh, and get like to engage with our friends and listeners. And oh my gosh, it's so weird to think about that now, but they were so much fun. Um, we got to go to Rad Fat Adventure Camp. Um, that was a great time. Oh, yeah, we did. We host. We did a live recording there. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, so just like being in community with people in uh, service of the project was really really cool. But then we also tried to adapt that over uh, the pandemic too to our podlocks. Yeah, we did. Did those go for, I feel like, more than one season? Was it like a year and a half that those went on? Something like that. I don't remember. Something like that. They were great. We, um, For those of you who aren't familiar with them, we would choose a podcast episode, um, not from our podcast, but from something, you know, different that had some kind of connection to Fat Liberation. Um, And the hope was, like, it was kind of like a book club. But with podcasts, where you know folks mm-hmm. would listen, and then we gathered over Zoom to talk about it, and that was really those were really really fun. Um, and by that time, that was I think that was season three where we had like our maybe four where we had our full um, help from matter of fat assistance, and so like yeah. the facilitation would kind of rotate, which was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I really I really loved those. Um, they were a really fun way to bring folks together, and and a cool way to like expand our. Um, perspectives on like different podcasts that are out there mm-hmm. and actually all of the podcast episodes that we ever used for those podlocks are on our website so if you're just hearing this now and thinking oh what were those all about you mm-hmm. could go check those out too if you'd like good call good call i mean shout out to you cat for building our infrastructure through the website and like putting a lot of effort and thought into what that needs to look like as a resource for other people who want to check it out um you know, Kat was giving me a lot of kudos for the sound design, but she has been our our internet aficionado, the woman on the internet, <laughs> like, wow. updating our social media, <laughs> making the graphics. Like that is a huge part exploring. For a while, we did um, this like uh, it captured like audio and like our assistants helped with it a little bit too. But like you really tried to see like how can we embed this in like in a visual mm-hmm. way and utilize it. So yeah. yeah, you as much as I've done the audio side of it, you have been the tour de force. I don't think that's the right use. <laughs> It was nice of imagery and visuals. Um, Thank you. Which is, I think, how a lot of people do engage with podcasts when they don't know what it is initially. So that's huge. Yeah. Thanks. I've really, this project has been really fun to do. I also just, I think it's sort of the kind of person I am. I have like a list a mile long of the things that I wish I could have implemented, you yeah. know, with our like, um, our virtual, um, 
imprint, but you know, for what it is, I think that we at least we're very like routine with stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like every episode we've ever done, you've seen the cover on our Instagram. And I think that that's just like a nice way to keep, keep us grounded and keep us in that routine. Yeah. Which I will yeah. say like routine and consistency, like, okay. Yes. It's just too, here's the thing about podcasts. Like Anybody can really do it. You, any, you, yeah. you can do it, dear listener. Like, get out there, do it. And also, it is helpful if you have some support. And like, we did mm-hmm. our homework and tried to at least in a few different ways to inform that consistency that Kat was talking about. So, like, for instance, we went to this really amazing conference in LA called Work It, which was uh, for women and non-binary folks just to be like, what is podcasting? And really it does feel like mm-hmm. kind of the wild, wild west in some regards. But mm-hmm. um, that was one thing. I I absolutely loved that conference. I don't know what you thought of it. I did that. too. We had so much energy coming off of that. And it was a little hard because like that was fall 2019. Wow, yeah. Um, I just remember feeling so much energy and just excitement around this project, around other things in 2019, moving into 2020. And then things really took a, a swift pivot. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that conference was so fun. I love doing that with you, Soraya. Um, and that was like, you know, money we invested into this project to travel and to be there. And, um, but I'm really glad we did it. It felt very important. And that was just like, yeah, such a, that was a real highlight of, of matter of fact, um, throughout the years was being able to do that. And, you know, I was thinking about it too. I feel like in 2020, even though we got off to kind of a slow start, um, that year, because we had to like learn how to just do all of this from our homes. I think that we, like there's been, I guess this is like sort of bigger picture, a little bit like peeling back the the screen. Is that how you say it for like for the listeners? Um, but or, oh, pu- pulling back, pull, pulling back the curtain. Yeah, that's what it is. Just pulling back the screen. Like, yeah, I don't know. What kind screen? of like, put solution on its skin situation. Uh, <laughs> but um, I, you know, there've been like our goals at each year have been a little bit different. Um, like for instance, this year it has not been about growth. It has just been about like making things, um, like producing great content, but in a way that is as easy on us, you and I, Soraya, yeah. as possible. But like season three, for instance since 2020 like we really were still in a very big like growth mindset that year and I think that was informed largely because mm-hmm. of our time at work it mm-hmm. yeah this is uh, a little bit of a aberration from a departure from what we're talking about but it is related to work it so when you hear our interview with Sophie later um, they ask a really great question and I actually mm-hmm. was thinking about it and so maybe this will make sense when you hear it later but like one of those moments at work it I experienced um, just feeling that flow and that mm-hmm. like full moment of like feeling myself that we talk about a little bit with yeah. Sophie. And so I think that's cool too, just to say like, okay, we come together to talk through this podcast and talk about like our beliefs, our values. We hear from other people, their perspectives, their beliefs, their values. And we also got to live that out in these like side projects that help inform it. So it is really just cool to think about all of our values aligning on a regular basis, which I think is what people hear and and like engage with when we talk mm-hmm. too. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. Well, and I think that, um, I don't know, this sort of leads us into 
one of the biggest ways that we've got support for the podcast over the years, and that's through our matter of fat assistance. Yeah. And you've seen like, you know, outward facing, I think there's been varying levels of like how much you've been, you listeners have engaged with them. Um, But our assistants have been just instrumental in helping make stuff work for us over seasons three, four, and five. Mm -hmm. And even if it wasn't like a, an actual project, it was that sense of community of being in this project together that I think really stands out to me. Like we got to have little quote unquote staff meetings. We got to check in about how people are doing. And especially during the height of the pandemic, that feeling of community and coming together of just like these people who would have no other reason to keep working together or talking about the same project was really special to me. And so um, they did a lot to help us. And also I just feel grateful to have been to know them as humans yeah and be friends yeah Yeah. oh I feel the exact same way so let's talk a little bit about who our assistants have been throughout the years and then like I alluded to you will get to hear a little bit from each of them so in season three that was the that was 2020 when we started uh, kind of fresh off of work it we were excited and then oh it's pandemic um but actually the week that the pandemic hit uh, no, that's not the way to say it. The week that things kind of got serious in terms of lockdown, mm-hmm. we were actually interviewing <laughs> folks to be assistants yeah. for us. And so we had many of them IRL at Turtle Bread because <laughs> um, that's where we did a ton of uh, work time together. That's a restaurant then, for anybody who doesn't know what yeah. Turtle Bread oh, is. It's just mm-hmm. like a It's very like a coffee shop restaurant kind of thing. Restaurant. Yep. Bakery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and um, I think I remember meeting with Cindy and Aaron there, yes. but then Lindsay was um, a virtual one because, and that was like the weekend that things started to kind of, to kind of lock down. Well, um, I guess somebody had had a case or like there was a potential oh, yeah, where they were at their mm-hmm. work environment. And so therefore mm-hmm. they could not meet in person. So we did yeah. it. Yeah. Virtually, yeah. which is like, wow, yeah. so indicative of how. The next years would go. (laughs) Yeah. And it was so cool that like um, that everyone was cool with our sort of slow start then because of the switch to getting things taken care of, you know, in our own homes versus at the studio. Um, But yeah, season three, we had Cindy Cool, Aaron Sandsmark and Lindsay Bankle were our assistants. Mm -hmm. Um, And they each kind of had like specializations or different things that they helped with. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was our first for you and me, Soraya, that was our first time like having I don't know, a little team. It was Mm -hmm. like a little adjustment for us to be like, oh, wow, like we're accountable to other people. Other people are accountable to us in in this project, you know? Yeah. Uh, And then in season four, Lindsay and Aaron remained and we brought on Sophie Warwick as uh, a third assistant. And that was really cool too, like to have some returners, to have someone new, um, that like people's kind of roles changed a little bit within that. Mm-hmm. Um, like for instance, Sophie took on a lot of transcription and Lindsay supported Sophie in that. Um, yeah. And that was, was that last year? Yeah. yeah. That was season four, which was 2021. Mm-hmm. 
And then this up this year, 2022, um, in the spirit of let's make things easy, we're not in a growth space. We are in like a let's do this project justice. Let's wrap it all up kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, just Lindsay has stayed with us as an assistant um, for our fifth and final season. Yeah. Helping with transcripts again. So like mm-hmm. Lindsay yeah. has held down the transcript game. <laughs> yeah. And they've helped with a lot of different things, but yes. yeah, right. Especially this season, it is just exclusively transcripts. Mm-hmm. And so now that you have kind of an idea of just a minuscule idea of how they all had a hand in this project, like we're so excited to give you updates or let you hear how they're doing and get a little interview with this episode. First up, we have an update from Aaron Sandsmark. And so in addition to being a matter of fact assistant for two seasons, Aaron was actually a guest on our podcast. And so we'll link um, Aaron's full interview in the show notes if you want to listen to that. But it's really cool to hear what Aaron's been up to in the update that she sent in. Hello, Matter of Fat. I um, am Erin Sandsmark. Uh, I am so thankful to be able to uh, share some updates and really thank Soraya and Kat for, you know, having me on the show a couple years ago and also um, the work, being able to help them as an assistant. So I'm excited to uh, share this with y'all. Um, big update from me is that I have a big life change that happened this year. I currently work for a education nonprofit that's helping assist teachers and legislation in Minnesota. And that's been really wonderful. Um, so that's like my big full-time job right now. Um, I'm still continuing to paint, still continuing to really center, um, fatness and my art in my life, but I am just really excited to be, um, in this new chapter where I feel like I'm making a difference and being able to utilize my teaching skills in this new job um, and advocacy that I feel in those roles um, and still really making a, making time for commissions and painting. And um, my big goal for this year is making new work and really flushing out enough work to have a new show and um, crawl my way out of the pandemic <laughs> slump a bit here so that's my biggest update I'm just in a really good place I'm so happy with my friendships and my family and just there's been just a lot of new beginnings during this pandemic and I feel like um all the mental health issues and all the dark spots um have been changing and the light's been coming out and I'm just really thankful for the place I'm at and really thankful for Matter of Fat and really thankful for um, the community that Kat and Soraya have built. So have a great (laughs) show and season and thankful for y'all. Bye. All right. Next, we have an update from Cindy Cool. Oh, Cindy was so much fun uh, in like that first season to have our assistance. And so really excited for y'all to hear what she's been up to. Hi, all. It's Cindy here reporting to you as a matter of fact. Really excited to just share what I've been up to since I had to um, leave the podcast. So I 
finished up grad school, believe it or not, graduated with my MBA and have moved into a new role uh, and am loving it and have a beautiful work-life balance, which was, which was missing for me previously. In addition to that, after I finished my degree, I just really needed some time for myself. So I took about a year to just do nothing. (laughs) I spent a lot of time on the couch. I listened to a lot of music. I just enjoyed the people around me, including my cats and my husband. um, And it was just wonderful. Since then, I have... Uh, in about April, um, I took on managing a state Senate campaign. So I am managing the campaign for Alicia Donahue, who is running in Senate District 54, which is down in Shakopee, Prior Lake in Jordan. And so I have had the opportunity to kind of throw myself into the big bad, (laughs) it's not all bad, uh, arena of politics. It's been a really great learning opportunity um, just to see what it's like to really fully work on a campaign um, and to see the inner workings of politics here in Minnesota. Um, I feel like that could be a podcast all on its own. Really, I, you know, feel like I'm I'm living my best life. <laughs> uh, have learned how to say no, sort of, <laughs> and ha- now have time to put myself into um, smaller passion projects. So once the campaign wraps up, I will be. I'm in the process of searching for a board of directors to be a part of, um, to continue to give back to the community um, where where I live and to make sure that I'm, you know, leaving this place better than, you know, how I found it. Anyway, it's such a blessing to get to do this for you all. And I hope all is well with you too. Next, we have sort of proper interviews. Well, I guess like shorter than you're used to, but we really got to sit down with both Lindsay and Sophie to hear from them. Um, First, we'll have our interview with Lindsay Bankol, who, like we mentioned, has been here for three whole seasons of Matter of Fat Assistantship. (laughs) I feel like I just made up that. Um, (laughs) Also, we should mention, so Lindsay is a Halloween baby and we recorded this around Halloween. So there is some like time specific elements to this conversation with Lindsay. Lindsay, you have literally transcribed the response to this question time and time and time again. (laughs) But now we get to ask you, Lindsay, will you tell us your story as a matter of fact? I will finally after (laughs) so many years. Oh, it feels so weird. Um, Okay. Hold on. I took notes because I wanted to not just blather. Okay. So I have always like felt fat, I guess I would say, or like felt like larger than the people around me or felt like my Mm -hmm. body was different from the people around me somehow. Um, I grew up in Lakeville, Minnesota, which it's very like white. So I was one of the only people that I can remember who was like not a white passing kid, like running around schools. Um, 
so I don't know that plus like body changes made me feel um, pretty different if I remember correctly I think like growing up in general just like within my family um, dieting was always kind of a thing but I feel very lucky to say that I wasn't really like directly roped into that it was kind of like the trickle down dieting you know where like if Mm. people are eating zoodles I'm like I will also eat zoodles because I'm just eating whatever is cooked um I feel like it was kind of like we kind of like knew that I was like a larger kid but I it was never like a fat camp situation or like a you know kid weight watchers thing um it just kind of was what it was and it just kind Mm -hmm. of always has been that way like I remember being Mm -hmm. a kid and there was one point where I did like lose kind of a significant amount of weight in a short period of time and instead of just like completely overall praising that there was some like hey like are you sure you're okay like we can talk about like weight stuff if you want to there was like a little bit of support in that way but also Mm -hmm. like a very like diet heavy environment um and then in school I I was like bullied a bit I mean I don't know if it was like super extreme but I do remember feeling very bullied I guess I would say um I don't know if I can isolate that to fatness so again like there were like a couple different things that made me feel different from the people around me yeah um I was outed as queer I somewhat outed I mean it was like a rumor I don't it wasn't like a big big thing but pretty much immediately after I came to understand myself that way um people would like talk about that as a fact of my life which I don't know could have contributed to feeling ostracized Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I can't isolate that to fatness, but I think fatness was like looped into that, which I think is how we know that a lot of different like intersectionalities work. Um, and like, how do you pull that? How do you know how to pull that apart? You know, yeah. it's like, it's impossible exactly. to decide which is what contributes to what in, you know, where there's all of this makes you, you. And you can't account for others like projections or that too. Other apart from how it made you feel, which does certainly feature into like what your story is as a mm-hmm. matter of fact so that makes sense yeah like I think I'm trying to describe this as like I feel that this was happening a lot um which I think is more I guess accurate than saying like this was or was not for sure happening you know um mm-hmm. so I don't really remember like when stuff about like body pause or like fat libbed stuff kind of trickled into like my media diet I would say that like something that I think about a lot is a tumblr post which I know has come up a lot on the show (laughs) and um, it was this this post by this person that was like I don't know you know how like there's a lot of content that's like everybody's beautiful in their own way everybody's beautiful like you're beautiful I'm beautiful everybody's just so beautiful Um, someone I remember seeing this post that was like hey what if the issue is not whether or not you are beautiful, but like, why does that matter? Like, what does that have to do with your worth as a person or your Mm. um, access to not being treated like shit by everybody basically? (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that I think that I think about a lot and I remember feeling like it really rocked my world when I first saw it. And that has kind of been the foundation for, um, my ability to think about things in that way like oh like you're asking the wrong question like what actually matters here yeah Mm. um I would say that I mean going to college was one of my first big introductions into being able to think about like systems of oppression and um and that kind of thing um I took a lot of like anti-racist coursework in college that 
gave me a foundation for that. I think it was probably in the middle of college when I started to actually think like, oh, maybe the point of my life isn't like to lose weight. Like maybe I should stop thinking about my life as like if being this thing that will happen eventually once I mm. have like a certain body size or weight. Yeah, I mean, as an adult, I've been able to make a lot of fat friends and been able to like be in community with a lot more fat people in like different ways, which has been a great joy and been really essential. Like it's hard for me to think about my life not being this way now, even yeah. though it wasn't always this way. Um, mm. I was also, I was a pretty late bloomer for dating. I would say like, I think I had one girlfriend in high school as far as like having a girlfriend in high school you know, like, what does that even mean? But like going to college and then graduating and being an adult, um, I've like dated a lot more fat people and now do that like pretty exclusively, which is kind of like a, like a chicken and egg situation of like just being more comfortable with myself and more like celebrating of fatness, like allowed me to do that more or the other way around. Um, mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. either way, whatever, whatever inspired what it's worked together really well. And been another great joy um as for locally i mean fat girls hiking i know we've talked about annie quite a lot on the pod and getting to be involved with the minneapolis chapter was great and getting to actually like meet people um also just like i don't know the way that like we all kind of connected through being fat but then being able to meet people who are very different from me outside of that was like mm -hmm. another great part of fat girls hiking mm -hmm. like people that I never would have met otherwise but was able to connect about this thing um and then yeah I mean being involved with the pod and getting to listen to a bunch of different people's perspectives um being really moved a lot by pretty much like one thing every episode I'm always like oh wow you know um mm -hmm. I don't know how to express it it just makes me really appreciate like the scope of similar to what I was saying with fat girls hiking, like the scope of what being fat means to be to different people and how they've experienced that and come to like find joy in that um, mm -hmm. has been very meaningful. So I think, I think that's my story as a matter of fat up until today. Oh, we love it. Thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah. And it's a long time coming, right? Like you people, our audience knows you as our matter of fat <laughs> assistant and you've been helping with transcripts since we started offering them. Mm -hmm. um, but like, we love to showcase other facets about you. So I'm, I'm <laughs> kind of curious. I mean, here's a few fun facts, right? Like you're a Halloween baby. So I am that. should know that. A big fan of horror. I am that. Genre yep. And films. Yes. No lies here. And so I'm curious, <laughs> either related to that or not related to that, like what has been bringing you joy? in life what would you like to talk about oh man <laughs> this is uh, this is just my open platform oh boy um yeah I mean it's so we're recording this on the 16th of October so yeah it's a great month to like go out and see a movie there are like so many options in the Twin Cities it's kind of crazy and there have been a lot of good like varied programming that's gone out which has been really fun so there's a lot of like older horror movies that are getting shown. Um, it's kind of hard for me to, I have like a couple of friends who are like big, like film people and who are really good at like expressing themselves, like went to film school, you know, like really good mm -hmm. at like describing in great detail. And I feel like they're like, well, what do you think? Like, how did you feel? And I'm like, um, 
the movie had actor, you know, like it's really okay, Lindsay, hard for me to like me talk about media on this podcast all the time. Like the rigor with which yeah. we try to describe like media, especially coming from me, is not like highbrow. So <laughs> whatever you have to say, we're open to. I mean, but I feel like you guys are very like opinionated. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah, like okay. I feel like you can talk so passionately about like um about like Big Brother even. Like you can talk <laughs> you know what a but, shout out. Right? like you can talk <laughs> and didn't <laughs> Well and didn't I mean you had a bunch of episodes earlier this year, like going so in depth about shows that you like. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I know. Maybe we're maybe we're all better at that than we think and um Let's just go with that. I think we're all agree. We're all smart. I think that's we're all true, great. right? Like your friends had opportunities to like try things out and talk about it a lot. And mm-hmm. I, I think you're one of the most well-spoken people that I know. And so I imagine, I imagine that you've got some really interesting takes on it. So low will, stakes with this. We just want to know. The people, I, the people are curious. I will let you imagine that. I will not keep you from imagining that. Um, okay. So what have I seen? <laughs> Um, I've been watching a lot of this genre of horror called um, Giallo, which is mainly like 60s and 70s Italian horror movies. And I haven't seen a ton of them, but I've been watching a lot of like, people might know uh, Suspiria is like, I think one of the most famous examples of the genre. And like, they're, how do you describe them? A lot of them are like murder mysteries and like a little bit like sexy, you know, like um, like always take an opportunity to go to like a fun, like a club. Um, a lot of like men in trench coats wearing gloves, ooh. you know, was like, ooh, the killer. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them, I mean, some of them are pretty bloody. I don't know if, um, Kat, they would be in your wheelhouse, but um, they are kind of like fun. A lot of them are like, weird like nightmares there's a lot of like really rich color um Hmm. the plot is kind of like hanging on by not much for a lot of them (laughs) but it's just like it's all about the vibes um so I would recommend getting into Jalo specifically I've been watching movies by Mario Bava and Dario Dario Argento I'm which I'm butchering but um that is what I've been watching um there's also a screening of psycho the alfred hitchcock movie which can i think you could watch because it's black and white and there is some blood but it's not really gratuitous um have, have either of you seen psycho yeah i have i okay. don't think cat has no and actually the way you described even the other genre sounds kind of interesting because i you know i like suspenseful things and i don't mind yeah some like some blood some murder some death i think it's just the like i'm not into like a texas chainsaw massacre kind of vibe like i'm not okay. into like a what's the one in the room like the saw i'm not into oh, yeah. um like a we're running through the woods and like people are chasing us down for the bulk of the movie kind of scary films. But, um, mm-hmm. but also too, I don't know in this conversation, I'm thinking maybe my appetite for like suspense has grown a lot in the last several years. So maybe my tolerance for a little scary maybe also has, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe then do you, have you seen any Alfred Hitchcock movies? No, I don't think so he people call him the master of suspense like if you are if that has been something you're interested in i think that that would be like right up your alley um because his movies are not 
very violent like at all Mm -hmm. well that's not true they're not like violent in the way that i was describing yeah um but yeah a lot of like giallo earlier this year not horror but i was watching a lot of movies by akira kurosawa who's a japanese director who made a movie called seven samurai which is like a lot of people think it's like one of the best movies of all time i would say and it's really good i mean i don't want to sound like you know (laughs) Um, but I was watching a lot of his movies. If you want something that's not horror, but is like, I don't know, feels like a good movie to watch. Um, I like a lot of body horror. So a lot of like David Cronenberg movies I've been enjoying. Uh, I saw Nope earlier this year. I think I ended up seeing it three times in theaters because people kept wanting me to go see it. I want to see it so badly and I haven't yet. Are you guys, are you like, um, are theaters not in your like COVID safety wheelhouse right now? They haven't been. Yeah, yeah that's valid. That's the main reason they're they're back they're back mm-hmm. in mind. I just like to go very late night or like midweek or midday. Oh yeah, I remember. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't like a, a Friday night seven p.m. thing no. is not my vibe. <laughs> um, but 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 I have been back at movies. Cool. Um, and I eat my popcorn and then I keep my mask on for the rest. Of the <laughs> yeah, time. I just remembered as I said that like oh wait, but Kat like loves a big old thing of popcorn, so maybe she's it. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's what I've been watching. I've also been reading a lot more horror. So like um, earlier this year, I finished a book called Red X by an author named David Demchuk, which is like kind of like a multi-decade look at this friend group in, I think it's Toronto, if not Vancouver. I think it's Toronto. And they're being like, it's just like they're crossing paths with this entity that like kills them basically but um Mm. it's a history of like gay toronto at the same time or like queer toronto and it's really good and like has some of the most beautiful writing about like fear and like desire that i it like blew me away completely um so there's that books my therapist tells me to read i've been reading too which are not horror books but are I don't know, important. Yeah, that's kind of my media diet. I'm not like a big show watcher, unfortunately. I was going to say, is there anything else that like is bringing you joy? I mean, these are all great. Ooh, bringing me joy. Um, mm-hmm. I love lifting right now. It just feels really good. I feel like I saw a tweet recently that was like, unfortunately, I have to report that like leaving my apartment sometimes and like working out actually does feel really good. And like the <laughs> annoying gym people were right. Um. Which I feel is kind of, has kind of felt true to me. Like when I leave my apartment after work and go lift, it feels great. Mars, my cat, like sometimes I just look over at him and I'm like, you just live in my house (laughs) and are my guy who lives here. Um, So he brings me a lot of joy. What else? I went to a huge used book sale in Minneapolis that will be over by the time that this goes out. But it's like $1 softcover, $2 hardcover of like old books and um blew the budget on that and that was great um I think that like y'all have always kind of known me as someone who doesn't have like a super clear like career path aspiration I guess or like known for sure like oh I want to be a doctor you know like haven't really had that kind of thing and recently I've been more able to like appreciate that and not feel anxiety about that so like I might get more stats training I you know, I could probably do a few different things and like enjoying that feeling of uncertainty instead of like feeling very self-conscious about it has been 
bringing me joy. Oh, I'm so happy you shared that. That is just like <laughs> such a great update. And I think that there are many people who are have similar feelings about like yeah. their lives and careers and passions. And so thank you so much for, for sharing that update. What else? I don't know if I mentioned that I made tomato soup yet today, but I did make tomato soup today and it was great. Yum. I'm yeah. getting a lot of joy uh, from the second. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not surprising, right? Like we have been so lucky to know you and work with you through so many seasons of this project, but I'm like so pleased that we get to showcase your story and hear what's bringing you joy because you've made this project um, joyful for so many folks. Yeah. So thank you. Please. Thanks for inviting me to do that. It's fun to be on the side of the mic. Okay, last but not least, we get to talk with Sophie Warwick. And this is just so, I mean, everybody is fun, but looking forward to you hearing their story as a matter of fact. Um, and then being the last interview that we put out on this podcast. We are so excited to ask you what we ask all of our guests, which is, what is your story as a matter of fact? Oh, I love this question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> being like, you know, uh, a transcriber for the podcast, it was always obviously a question that stood out to me. And I would often ask myself this question, like, you know, while I'm typing up everybody else's responses, yeah. because I've never known how to answer it. So I think the decision I made about it is that my answer is going to change anytime I think about it or get asked it, which, you know, how often will that be? Who knows? But anyway, I would say that my story starts with the fact that I've always been fat my entire life. Uh, I was a fat kid. I was a fat teen. I'm a fat adult. And I think also a large part of it was that I grew up... Uh, trying to do things like sports and being super active, but I was never interested in being competitive <laughs> at all, even mm -hmm. with myself. And so my parents stuck me in music as a kid and that really traveled with me uh, my entire life. And then I moved to uh, St. Paul to go to college and through a mentor there, um, I was encouraged to you know, stick with music and major in it and whatever. But that mentor also not only helped me decide my college major, but it's also where I learned about cake and uh, <sighs> and Kat and Soraya and all of y'all. And through that, like, I think that is really kind of like the pinnacle moment of where my story as a matter of fact started. Um, and I think it's really fun to be able to point back to that and say, like, Aww. no, these are the folks that like taught me about fat liberation like it was y'all and so being able to uh work with y'all both professionally and personally has been something I've just really loved you know developing over the last few years and finding my local fat community and talking about fat liberation and art and artistic activism and what that looks like and so um yeah, I would just like to, you know, I don't know if I've ever told you guys this, but like, <laughs> I just want to thank you for kind of, you know, being kind of the pinpoint to starting my story as a matter of fact. But um, yeah, I will just say too, like, I can really confidently say that being fat has impacted all of the work that I do, again, professionally, personally, in pretty much every capacity. And I've just found so much love for my favorite fat local queer folks and also like fat queer people online. I'm so grateful for all of them. 
And all that being said, I would also say that like being fat in my body is probably one of the most boring things about me. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I have found so much peace in that. That's great. Thank you so much, Sophie. Like so many things come up in interviews that you don't get in casual conversations. So I think Kat and I, I'm I'm speaking for Kat, maybe I shouldn't, but like are so excited to hear that we got to play a part in that and also how much you got to play a part in this project as a transcriber. So thank you for that. Yeah, thank y'all. Oh, just yes. Loved hearing all of that. Thank you so much. Absolutely. So you hinted uh, some things that might come up with this question, but I'm still going to ask it. Like, what else are you passionate about? You do a lot. And I'm kind of curious, like what you're passionate about and like what cool projects you're involved in. Oh, you're so sweet to ask. Um, I will say the boring things first. Uh, I work at a college. I'm a grad student. <laughs> I think those two things are very big uh, things I'm passionate about, but also arguably some of the most boring <laughs> But I'm just really interested in student affairs work and making sure that college students are really just getting their basic needs met in whatever capacity and way that might look to them. Um, I would also say, too, I am an artist first. I like to say that uh, I'm a generalist and really frame a lot of my work in the mantra that a jack of all trades is a master of none, but oftentimes better than a master of none. As cheesy as it is, it's true. (laughs) And I just really like the idea that as like being an artist and being a generalist, I get to do whatever the frick I want. Like I don't need to stick to one thing. Um, But I do think that a lot of my art has themes rather than, uh, kind of mediums and whatever that looks like and so all of my art is social justice based it's very socially engaged it's very rooted in identity and question asking and love and so Mm. a lot of the mediums that takes is things like photography and music and uh conversations and making earrings and all Mm. these random things uh I'm also super passionate about my own podcast that I created a few years ago. Yeah. Quick plug. Please (laughs) plug away. Plug away. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, I have a podcast called Queer Backroads. I haven't made a new episode in a couple of years, but hoping to whenever I have the time and money to. Uh, Queer Backroads is all about queer folks that used to live or currently live in rural communities and just talking about their stories, just talking about what they want to think about, what they are passionate about, what they have questions about, anything that they really want to share. Um, I also grew up in a rural town in Minnesota, and so uh, the project is very personal, but also very fun and has brought me a ton of joy. And if anybody's listening and wants to be on it, please reach out. I'm always looking for more people. Um, and then I guess a cool project that I just thought of that I'll plug here too. I am trying so hard to start a queer bluegrass band. So if you're gay and okay. play the banjo, <laughs> hit me up. Oh, <laughs> that's what's up. I love that. I could not have expected that. And that's amazing. <laughs> so, uh, Sophie, I don't think you've ever met my boyfriend. I just, you two would get along so well. <laughs> I don't they don't play the banjo but like I wish they did because that <laughs> I love it's just it so cute to hear you talk about this <laughs> oh the gays do bluegrass better yeah uh, what can I say yeah that's so cute oh my gosh okay <laughs> well your 
projects and passions are so full of joy, but we wanted to also give you space to talk about just generally anything. What's bringing you joy right now? Oh, what a great question that everybody should ask every day. Right. Um, I would say flirting. I love <sighs> flirting. You, there's I... been some content on your Instagram <laughs> stories about this. No. Yes, I mm-hmm. love it so much. I love hearing about other people's like flirting stories, their crushes, and whether mm-hmm. that be like, you know, romantic or platonic or, you know, not taking the form of like a relationship, but maybe like a goal. Like, what are you flirting with the idea with? Ooh. I want to know. Mm-hmm. Tell me about it. I just think it's so fun. But I've been talking about that with a lot of friends and like, you know, people on my Instagram lately. And then also my best friend, um, they have this whole theory that like everybody's hotter in an airport. And so I've been trying to like think about when I feel like at my hottest. (laughs) And I've learned, I learned this weekend, I feel at my hottest when I'm studying in a place that is not meant to like be studied in. Uh Like Mm. a brewery? Damn. I'm the hottest grad student in that brewery yep you know what I mean? mysterious yeah yes. she's moody they're in the corner what are they doing um, <laughs> yeah she doesn't need you but you're gonna wonder about it you're gonna wonder yes. oh my god what so anyway i love asking people like you know when they feel their hottest cat Soraya, when do you feel your hottest what you feel oh, the tables like, have turned what a oh my god <laughs> Oh, just just as like you mentioned, Sophie, that like you think about like how you'd answer like what is your story as a matter of fact when you were telling us about like this where you feel your I was thinking what would I say and now you've actually asked and I have no idea. Um, Soraya, do you have? I have an idea. Go go go. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I'll I'll give you some time, some some rumination time. Um, and I only have an answer to this because I got to experience it a little bit last night. But I was at uh, a friend's wedding like celebration and it was a very laid back casual affair but I was just like on because I knew some people I didn't know a lot of people but it's like every person I saw it was just like so much fun and got to say hi and and then I I sat down at one point and this guy's like He's like, who are you? How do you know people? People were saying they had to go say hi to you and they had to talk to you. And I was like, oh, <laughs> me? Little old me? <laughs> yeah. And I think that's when I felt the hottest because I was like, ah, like people want to talk to me and I want to talk to them and everybody's just having the best time. So oh. surprise, surprise, social interactions, I guess, are it, which I would never have pegged for myself, except I experienced it firsthand last night. So there I you go. I love that for you. Yeah. I do. Yeah. I like Kat, that. Did I give you enough time? I guess like I have a no, I have a couple non-answer answers. Um, but I <laughs> so I guess yes and no. Um, but that does resonate. Like as you were describing that story, I was thinking about the same kind of thing. Like a scenario in which folks are just like really eager. Like I am excited to like engage with folks in kind of an effortless way. I think like for me, feeling mm-hmm. hottest, like when I feel my hottest, there's an element of like effortlessness there in my outfit. Like Mm. I look incredible, but I didn't worry too much about it. I'm having a lot Mm -hmm. of fun, but I didn't like try so hard to like make this moment what it is. It just all of a sudden is great. You know? Um, I also, this is a, I haven't done this for a long time, but one, the first thing that came to mind is I feel really hot when I'm in like a, like a Zumba or like a dance workout class and I can watch Uh myself in the mirror and I like, I can like really like, move like I got the moves down you know I feel so hot when that I'm like I am the hottest person here you know (laughs) I'm not but I really that is like a feeling myself moment just so hard always oh absolutely Mm -hmm. 
What a oh. fun, what a fun thing to ask. <laughs> Thank you for indulging. Yes. Oh my gosh. This is what happens when you have a podcaster being interviewed yeah. by podcasts. <laughs> the tables which turned. is which we don't know. The tables have sufficiently <laughs> like are turned. continuing to. Wow. Um, what else? Anything else bringing you joy, Soph? Uh, you know, life. Uh, being friends with my friends again. I don't know about y'all, but COVID did a doozy on my relationships with my besties. Yeah. And you know, just trying to get in the market of being friends with my friends again, whatever yeah. that looks like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Cool. Oh, gosh. Well, wow. It's just so nice to be able to chat with you in this capacity. Um, and we're so glad we could fit in an interview with you before Matter of Fat wraps all the way up. Thank you for including me. I love talking to y'all. No, oh, we can talk to you forever. <laughs> <laughs> oh it was so special to hear from all of them and like have this be showcased as our last episode or interview episode ever oh so glad you got to hear from our assistants yes Erin, cindy Lindsay, sophie thanks for telling your story as, as a, a matter, matter of fact It's time for our very last Dirt and Discourse, and you all know this segment as a space where we dive into the excitement and discomfort around relevant pop and cultural happenings. Mm, and as much dirt as there is, and discourse to be had in honor of our mm-hmm. last d we thought it would be fun to share some of our favorite Dirt and Discourse convos throughout the last five years. We've really talked a lot of dirt. <laughs> had a lot of discourse. Shady. We're a little shady. <laughs> We're having I a good time. Yes. Yeah. Uh, um, Okay. Saraya, what have been some of your favorite conversations we've had in this segment over the years? Okay. I'm sure they overlap with yours quite a bit. Probably a lot. But I don't know. At the early stages of our podcast, I really took this like investigative lens (laughs) for during discourse. I loved it. Like even our first episode ever, I really enjoyed going in and looking at, okay, what are the options available for sizes with different brands and like who owns them and like finding out that Walmart owned Bonobos and all these other things. It's just so important to look behind who is making money, who is allowing people to have access to what they need and what they don't need. And like that really set the tone for like many other dirt and discourses to come. Like even more recently, we talked about Bloom Chic and kind of the venture capitalist backing of that and how shady that was. And so I've really liked it when we've been able to dive into something that I haven't seen in any other articles written about and be like, hmm, that's kind of weird. And like, we don't have the scope as like actual investigative journalists, but to be like mindful of what's going on and then to see other articles come out later or other people to be like, yeah, that's real fishy is super validating. So that's what I've enjoyed yeah. the most in our journey. That was absolutely on my list too. And I have in quotes, investigative reporting. You sure do. <laughs> I think that also <laughs> informed what I was thinking. <laughs> no, no, I love it. And I think um, I, as you were talking, I was realizing it really, 
I think often for us shows up related to businesses and fashion yeah. a lot. Um, weird. But it's just right with your background. Yeah. Super weird. Right. So weird. <laughs> um, but it's really fun to be able to to take a deeper dive and to do like a little research. I just have really enjoyed those episodes as well. Mm-hmm. And you alluded to this too. I think for me, some of our favorite dirt and discourse, some of my favorite dirt and discourses have been when we've been just like a little ahead of the popularity curve with a certain topic. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that we've been like, we broke the story before anyone else, like not like that. But um, remember we talked about Stacey Abrams, like in detail in one of our dirt and discourses, I think like season two or three. And it felt like we put out that episode and then like you know four weeks later everyone was writing articles about Stacey Abrams mm-hmm. and we're like oh, we just talked about her I remember um when I I think maybe I brought her up and there was like some new info you know we were just like oh you know learning things as well um and then to hear that come out in very like common discourse mm-hmm. a couple weeks later was really cool I also think that we have continued always to be critical of the BMI, um, even when it wasn't very in vogue to be doing so. I think um, we mentioned this probably in our last certain discourse that there's like, you know, uh, being skeptical of the BMI seems more commonplace in the last like, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe this year than it has previous. But like all the way in season two, here we were doing a deep dive. And I remember some people who were listening said like, oh, I didn't actually know that information. And so mm-hmm. um, it's always been cool for me when we've been able to pick out a topic that um, feels really relevant. And then it's validating to hear more people talking about that in you know the weeks or months that follow. Absolutely. Or even like, I remember when we dove into that Weight Watchers rebrand and how they were trying to scoop up other businesses too, like Kerbo and whatnot. And yeah. it's like, yeah, we know these, these orgs are a reducing industry and not great. And it's so interesting the conversations that sparked from other people in my life who listened to that and were like, wow, I didn't really realize that. Or, you know, having all of that information put out in a conversation between friends was very compelling for me. And so I think that's where it becomes fun to, even if we're not the first ones breaking it, to engage that conversation in an inviting way for other people to think through it. And honestly, for us to think through it. I know a number of yeah. times we were just processing out loud and figure oh, out yeah. what's going on too. Well, and you know what I like as well, I feel like this was maybe more apparent in earlier episodes, but like there were a lot of times for Dirt and Discourse that like we did not agree. You know, yeah. you're like, well, this is my take and this is my I remember one time there was like, I don't remember what this was in reference to, but we were talking about James Corden. Oh, yeah. Randomly. And <laughs> no, you were like, well, give give this guy a break. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, he needs to do better. You know, was we were it very there? Like, Bill Maher. Uh, it was Bill it was, Maher because James Corden was coming out and talking about how, like, you – yeah, he was very wishy-washy about it. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, he can – he has a platform. He can do better. He – like, how dare he not take the stand? And you're like, yeah, that'd be great. And also, Kat, like, think about, like, you know, the powers at, at play here when you are in a celebrity world. You know, it was just yeah. like – I think it was nice for us to be able to come at things um, from – I think rooted in the same values, but like how that shows up and how we kind of um, assess things is a little bit different. And I think that that's really, 
cool to be able to showcase on a podcast because the thing is like i imagine our listeners maybe fall a little more aligned with you a little more aligned with me or somewhere totally different and for people to be able to hear like oh yeah we're talking about this and like but it's not we don't have the same thought i don't know i i feel like that is not always um so apparent on in other conversations on other podcasts i listen to oh but that's because it's based in friendship that's because the podcast is based in friends who are going to continue being friends regardless of their like perspective even though it's not like we have wildly different like yeah well and it's helpful because we have the same like the kind of base values but the way that we think about things isn't you know is informed by that but isn't always the same so i guess one thing that consistently comes up in certain discourse that i i agree with you on also like i think you feel more more ardent about is uh netflix doing better that was a very oh early God. refrain in the certain discourse. it sure was i feel like season one it was like every other certain discourse it was just it ended on me being like do better i'm so glad you did that i was gonna <laughs> ask for you to no replicate that and you just did it so that was great you yes you consistently said that and also we see that that Netflix is not doing better. They are continuing no. to make missteps and make choices. And yet um, here we are too. So I like the yes, consistency with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, one other oh, silly thing that I really liked that we brought up, which I think, I don't know, it's like a little bit ahead of the popularity curve, maybe not, but was Fat Bear Week when we talked about Fat Bear Week. And now lots of people love Fat Bear Week, which is great. That's true. And wasn't that a friend and listener suggestion? Yeah, I think Rachel. Rachel. Rachel suggested that to us. We were like, oh, and yeah, it was just when Fat Bear Week was pop. It was like we mentioned it and then the next year everyone was talking Mm -hmm. about it. Yeah. That's so cute. That's a good one to bring up. I forgot about that one. Mm -hmm. What else? You have one listed here that I agree with that would be good to talk about. Oh, I feel like something that um, continues to feel relevant. We had a conversation about losing fat icons um, and not in death, but in um, size. Yeah. Like when, you know, folks like I think Adele maybe was the Mm -hmm. was part of how that came up. Like when people that we have looked to and felt very seen by um, because we have so few fat folks in the public eye. um, Yeah. When they when they lose weight, like what that feels like and this like um difficult space to hold of like acknowledging that people can do whatever they want to do with their bodies yeah. and Adele does not owe us a fatness you know um and also it can feel hard when we have so few fat folks um at that level and then when losing one just feels like oh so you know so big because there are so few to begin with so kind of holding space for all of that and also just like other nuance that we talked about in that dirt and discourse but that feels um forever relevant and i think it will continue to be as um you know as life goes on and i think there's this concept of putting people on pedestals that we got into because we talked about lizzo yeah. in the first episode ever and yeah her flute skills which not many people knew about at the time um, that's true another example of us being cutting edge <laughs> uh, yeah so anyways i think Oh, gosh. I'm sure there are other things, too, that I'm just not, like, calling up right now. Well, and there's no way we can talk about everything. But I've been really – I think, like, you know, when we first – 
thought about what we wanted our podcast to be like and we're thinking about different segments, different things we wanted to do. You know, we dreamed this up and I have loved it. What a fun space to be able to just like, I don't know, explore things together, uh, vocalize things that kind of make us go, hmm, uh, a shit talk just a tad bit. <laughs> um, and also just, you know, push back and maybe punch punch up at the powers that be. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, for like being along for the ride and getting into the dirt and discourse with us. Yeah. The penultimate episode is coming to an imminent close. It is. We're almost there. But if you want more from us, you can find us on Instagram at Matter of Fat Pod or on our website at www.matteroffatpod.com. And on our website, you'll find show notes, transcripts, hey, Lindsay, info about Matter of Fat, links to all of our socials, access to older episodes, and more. And part of that more includes Fat Cash. If you love the pod and want to send some monetary support our way, get into our Fat Cash. We're on Venmo at Matter of Fat Pod, and you can find information about how that all works on our website under the Fat Cash mm-hmm. part of our menu, I think, <laughs> as I'm saying that. I don't know. It's, it's there somewhere. <laughs> DM us if you're having difficulties. We'll be. Call us, beep us yeah. if you need to reach us. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Um, and we just want to thank you in general for being a participant and listening to this podcast. Honestly, getting to this part of the episode, I never listened to this part. So thank you for being You here. don't? No, we've talked about this before. You love this part. I, I am just always out. shocked that you don't listen to the end of episodes. of. Okay, whatever. Well, that's because they're just asking me to do things, call to action, but- like what I'm doing right now. But we also have sometimes we have cute shit at the end too. Well, that's why we do that, I think. And so I want to just thank you for (laughs) (laughs) see different opinions. That's why it's good. Um, Here we are. But I also just want to say, like, your generosity through Fat Cash has been just an amazingly helpful and like small way to offset the costs that come with this project that we have undertook for five years and. It's been able to support our assistants, which we got to showcase in this episode. So your direct support has helped them get a modest stipend and um, just help sustain transcripts, which is something that we wanted to do uh, for accessibility. And it actually came directly out of attending that work at conference that we mentioned before. So there is a lot that comes from that back hash, and we so appreciate your generosity. We really do. And we only have one episode after this. So now is the time. Uh, let me invoke my <laughs> PBS or my NPR NPR voice that Soraya was making fun of me for last episode uh, outro. Uh-huh. Now's the time. One more episode. If you can, it's it, the time is now. Send a little fat cash our way. Um, and if you do, you'll have your name right here at the end of our, oh my gosh, our next and our final episode. Wow. Yeah. Now is the time. Because yeah. get your name in the history books in that final episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, again, we don't expect it. We always appreciate it. And we also love leaving shout outs for folks who do reviews on Apple Podcasts. 
And in fact, we have a shout out to share in this episode. Love and thanks to Susie for your recent review. It was so sweet. And we love that Matter of Fat brings you both things to learn and also lots of belly laughs. What a compliment. It was so sweet. Um, Till next time, the final time, when we're back with more Midwestern thoughts, friendly discourse, and discerning opinions. As as a a Matter matter of fat. Fat.